Hello there, Jets fans, and welcome to the third episode of the Jet-Centric Podcast. My name is AJ, and I'm holding in a sneeze for this whole intro. Anyhow, uh, in the first part of this episode, we have Chris Mackling talking to Ryan Browning about free agency and a couple other topics of their choosing. In the second part, we have Brian from AIH talking to Matt Barlow, um, who is an analytics guy based out of Virginia. Uh, Brian and Matt both have very strong American accents, so if you like that kind of thing, it's kind of fun. Uh, Matt's baby makes an appearance during the uh, the interview. We decide to leave it in. It's kind of charming. You hear the baby crying and Matt struggling. Reminds us of that uh, scene with that gentleman who did the interview on CNN or something like that with the kid breaking in in the background. That's pretty much exactly what happened. So we left it in. Kind of funny. And the third part is myself and Daniel. Um, this was recorded a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about the moose. Um, Daniel also called in afterwards with a couple updates about the moose too. So I added those two the episode so hopefully you like it and that's it enjoy and welcome back to the jet center podcast i'm chris and i'm here with uh, ryan browning how's it going ryan good buddy how are you i'm not too bad so uh, let's see if we can talk about uh, some free agent uh, stuff maybe we'll start off with that this time um how concerned are you, Ryan, about the lack of action with our RFAs? Uh, I don't know how much you know. I'm uh, I'm kind of illiterate when it comes to the uh, arbitration and all that kind of stuff. But uh, how are you feeling about the fact that not nothing's been announced? Other teams are signing their guys. Kucherov, I believe, signed yesterday. Um, so some of those guys are going to start going. And are you concerned that there's been no action yet? Um, I'm not really concerned. Um, if you look at Chevy's past, he's kind of been like a, a deadline kind of guy. Like he kind of gets things done around deadlines. There's no rush to get things done. And you see like some RFA deals are slowly trickling in every day. And I think it was about this time when Shifley signed his deal kind of like mid July, but I think arbitration will start happening end of July and probably the arbitration dates will probably come out within the next couple of days. So you'll probably start seeing a few things happen, but am I, am I worried? Um, no, not really, but I'd like to see a few get done just so we can kind of start, you know, crunching numbers and putting the puzzle pieces in and refreshing cat friendly and kind of seeing, you know, what kind of numbers we're dealing with and you know, how tight it is going to be. So not nervous. No, just, just, just kind of waiting. That's all. And I, as far as I can tell, if I'm not mistaken, the, the fact that we're going to arbitration or have an arbitration date set in the Truba situation is good news, correct? Yeah, it's good news. It means, it means he wants to be here. Um, I mean, worst case scenario, the, the Jets have never taken a player to arbitration. It, it very, very rarely happens. Um, and even if that were to be the case, um, the Jets would actually have a, a choice over for a one or a two year deal. Um, so the Jets would obviously choose one, which would keep Truba's rights as a Jet. Because if he goes two years, then at the end of that, he would be a free agent. Just that's what happened in uh, like Froelich. Remember, he took a one year deal, then he was a UFA after. But uh, right. So the arbitrator would. Uh, decide the the AAV the the money value and then the Jets would have the choice between a one or a two year so they would 
choose one and retain his rights so they could, you know, probably play him and then move him or whatever. But I, I don't see that happening. Um, I mean, you never know, but everything sounded positive the year. Like Truba saying he wanted to get it done. And, and I think, I think obviously the Jets do too. So, no, I'm, I'm just more curious of the number. Same with Hellebuck. So. Yeah, Hellebuck's obviously another situation. Um, obviously, we cleaned up, and we can talk about uh, we can talk about roster after if we get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, we cleaned up a little bit of salary um, with the Mason trade, but that should make things, I think, pretty cut and dry with Hellebuck. Whatever the number is, I don't know, but I mean, five six year contract, you've got to think, right? I'm I'm guessing uh, I don't see him going eight. Yeah, my guess would be five or six, and it's a little different with him, right? Because I mean, he didn't have a great year last year, and he didn't start – no, two years ago he didn't have a great year, and last year he didn't start as a starter. But, I mean, you know, he's a Vesna finalist, so those guys get paid. So if it was under six, I'd be surprised, and probably, yeah, five- or six-year term would would probably make sense to me. Yeah. And then – so you've got to wonder, too, and then we have the Morrissey thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's the real curious one because – I mean, you'd like to lock him up real long term. Like, um, I look at uh, like Olimata's contract with the Penguins. Like, they gave him, I think, a six or a five right out of entry level, and that would be. Uh, I'm not sure. It, they got a little more breathing room now that they moved Mason. I think so. You know, I think they could probably do something a little longer term with with Morrissey, but you know, they still might bridge him. So I, I don't know. That's that's a curious one there. I'm not I'm not really sure what they're going to do with him. See, that's what I was going to ask: is if the bridge makes sense, especially given the fact that you are going to have uh, Liney and and uh, Wheeler to come, right? And that that makes a big difference as far as the cap situation. And if you bridge him, you can. I don't. Again, I'm not. I'm not a salary. Uh, expert by any means but we could probably bridge him pretty low i'm guessing in the twos right yeah it would be low twos probably like um or maybe similar to Truba's. i think Truba was like two five or something that's so probably around that ballpark yeah the other thing is you could bridge him for maybe like a three i don't know if you do a three-year bridge that's that wouldn't be very common but because in three years you got buffs money off the books which is is big but yeah i'd like morrissey to be long term but um, like I do think, like I said, I do think the the Mason being off the books and not having to pay Armia does help. You know, Morrissey gets something long term. But yeah, like you get, I think you're not going to see the Morrissey contract done until Hellebuck and Trubo are done for sure. And you get more years though potentially if you if you do bridge him right. You get ten years rather than set or seven or however right, that math. He works. is your he is your top pair left handed guy. So you know. You he might as well pay. get it done. And he's not. He's not getting any power play time now. He's, you know, he's not getting any of that right now. So his numbers would go up dramatically. Same with Truba. Mm-hmm. Like they're not really getting any any power play time. So you could probably get him locked in for a better money value, but long term. But I don't know. We'll see. And, and then that brings up one other question about the free agents: is the Blake Wheeler? How do you feel? Oh. I know it's a big thing, and we could probably. Uh, I think there's probably. Seven to thirteen people associated with this podcast yeah. <laughs> we could probably do a whole hour with all of us about it. But just a, your quick thought on what I have think. no doubt in my mind he'll get an extension. Mm-hmm. Um, the the term is the real big thing, right? Um, 
Yeah, he's probably he's probably worth probably eight million at least. So is that on a three year term or four year term or five year term? The worst thing that happened is like you, Maurice was talking about Wheeler and you know saying that he could play till he's forty. Like I'm sure Chevy was sitting in his office going like, oh my god, like why do you have to say that? You know, but you know the team thinks that he can contribute late into his thirties and he did kind of peak late, but it's such a slippery slope with guys in their, you know, mid thirties. It's a, you know, for every Chara, there's, you know, I don't know, like a Gomez or something that just falls off, you know, or Ribeiro or something. I would say for me, what I, two things about Wheeler, just in my quick opinion, one is he didn't play a lot of hockey until he was 25 or 26 years old. Right. He, he no didn't play even come well, not even a lot it, minutes wise and season length wise, right? right. Um, he didn't even make the NHL till he was 23 or so, uh, I, as far as I can remember, right? So you start adding yeah. those things. I don't think he's got a lot of games played. And on top of that, the best players seem to have the longest careers. Right. I, I do agree the with you. You know, the Aginlas, you know, these sorts of guys play until they're. So the concern for me isn't so much the length if that makes sense, as it is the, the money. Well, he was, what, top 10 scorer in the league. Just, you know, yeah. take, a, take a look at the cap hit of those guys in the top 10. I mean, I do feel like Wheeler, he might take a little bit of a, of a, of a like a little less, but like he's, he's not going to, he's not going to play for peanuts. Like um, he's not going to take a big discount. Like, like look at Stastny. He left, and, you know, yeah. for, for a million two million dollars a year or whatever it was you know like but yeah i have no doubt in my mind that wheeler will be here and and like you said like i think there's more tread on the tires there than a typical guy his age because like you said he started playing late um the the jets were awful for a long time and they were done early and you know there was no playoff runs and you know like i think there's there's more there but at the same time same goes for brian little and you know, Brian Little's already started his fall off. So I don't know. It's a dice. I know, I know Roddy and Daniel talked about uh, Brian Little yeah. uh, last week. I'm going to, uh, we're going to just take a pause and uh, we're going to come back with uh, part two here. And we're back. Uh, so, that first part, we talked about what Chevy's really good at, which is uh, seems to be uh, keeping his guys, free agent signings, good contracts, contract length. I think uh, we think about all the extensions he's signed. We did talk about Brian Little, and that maybe is questionable and was questioned at the time. But other than that, I don't think anybody's got a problem. What, what we want to talk about now, though, is where's all the rest of the action? Um, <laughs> we haven't seen anything since July 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, you know, are you feeling comfortable with that, especially given the fact that a couple of the other teams in the central division look to be making huge moves, Seattle, uh, Seattle St. Louis adding, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron, um, Maroon, and, uh, Maroon and Tyler Bozak. Uh, that's, a, that's a big haul and the potential of course of Dallas getting Eric Carlson. Um, yeah. are you concerned that we have that, that we haven't added, we've only subtracted. Um, no, not really. Uh, we lost Stastny, but we had Stastny for a playoff run, which was nice. But before that, we had a pretty good team. I think they were fifth overall. And 
we'll, you know, I, I think a lot of the, the guys that are young, they're, they're probably going to take a step this year. I think that's what Chevy's banking on, especially Roslovic, I think, or Roslovic, whatever you want to call him. But uh, I think that's the guy that they're looking. He can, he can take a big step up and fill that hole that maybe Stastny left. And, and just like last year, if, if they're a good team and they need to add at the deadline, I think they can add. But um, yeah, looking at what St. Louis does, it's, it's kind of, It'd be nice, but you know, I don't think the Jets have. I don't think the Jets have the room to do something like that. You know, they 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 they're pretty tight to the cap. I mean, and then Chevy said himself after uh, July first that he doesn't really see them picking apart the roster anymore. So, um, no, I, I think I think we'll be fine. Um, just I just think the backup goalie is a concern for me if Brassois is what he's been in the past. So, and I think Hellebuck, one of the problems that they ran into in the playoffs last year is I think he just got a little bit burnt out by the end there. Cause I think he played a lot of games in the regular season. And um, I, I think that we all would have liked the backup. They could probably play a little more this year and probably be a little more reliable. But I mean, if it's an issue, they're going to have to address it in the in season. So I, don't know. I guess we'll find out. I mean, that was probably the only downfall of the team last year was a backup goaltending. Right. And they got worse there. So, like, yeah. like, Steve Mason was really good when he was not hurt. He was a good goalie. So, yeah. So, that's a cur- that's curious to know or to think what they might do. I, I personally would have, would have doubled the money and got a goalie like Robin Leonard, who's had huge save percentage uh, on a terrible Buffalo team. Right. Um, and then you know you have nothing to worry about um, other than him maybe beating up somebody in practice or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, he a, isn't he a Trump guy too? Yeah, well, I think uh, I think the NHL is full of them and people would be surprised. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it just, it's just they got to be really tight against the cap. Like if, you know, that would be more than twice the money, but that just tells you how tight they're really going to be. And Yeah, Leonard would have been nice. Um, but I just I don't think they had the room to go get like one of those mid tier backups, you know, that are usually between one and a half and two million dollars or two and a half or whatever. You know, there's that kind of mid tier guys that are coming in to be a good backup. So like heaven forbid Helly goes down here, like what happens, you know? Well, I mean, if that happens then you've gotta then you've gotta do something, of course. Um if it's a bad injury. Um I mean I guess there my thought would be that you play Comrie if it's a long-term yeah. thing, right? And well, you, I, I don't think he's done any – he's done nothing to, to make me think that he's going to be an NHL guy to this point. Like, he, I don't think so either, but I he's think – He's got pedestrian numbers in the American League. So. Yeah. I think what happens a lot of times, though, which has always been a long-term uh, concern of, of guys like you and I, I think, is sometimes hockey teams, especially ours um, – get in their head something and and then that's hard to, yeah. to change that right it's it's the brendan lemieux thing yeah. everybody is expecting 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 because last year at this time kevin shovel day off at the at the jets fan fest was like there's a guy we're expecting big things out of next year and he said that yeah they you're oh we're looking for guys that could take a jump like a ross Levick or a lemieux every single time and and so you wonder about the comrie thing and and or if they've realized that maybe the ship has sailed um 
He hasn't that, even, like I said, he hasn't even been great with the Moose. And if you go look at Hellebuck's numbers when he was with the Moose, like on an equally poor team, like Hellebuck was great, you know. Oh, he was incredible with the Moose. I, other than other than two seasons ago, he's had great numbers everywhere. What so I thought that, they might do is, I thought that they might, you know, there's usually guys thrown on waivers after training camp, like goalies. Right. I thought that that's what they might do is look at somebody and maybe, you know, you could throw Swan on waivers. He's only 650. So, but they went and they signed um, another goalie for the Moose. So I, I, and I guess you're going to burn in on in the East coast league. So I just, they already got five goalies stacked up there. So, so what they probably have to do, we would think is like you're saying is it, when the waiver happens, they waiver Boisois and pick up whoever the waiver goalie is. Right. Then you're going to have three guys in on the moose though. That's all I'm saying. So it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's very curious. I think it's safe to say, um, given what's happened so far with the free agency, that all, everything is going to be in house from here, here on yeah. out while we're contained while we're contending. Right. And that's it's fine. Not- I mean, there's some great, there's some great players in house. I mean, rookie of the year in the AHL defenseman of the year in the AHL. So those guys are coming. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a b- bad strategy. Uh, I would sometimes uh, like to fill, if you know you have an upgrade, I think uh, Calvin Duhon, is that his name? Yeah, that would have been a nice upgrade. Instead of a Joe Morrow and a Ben Chirot, Um right. like, To me, those guys are just, they're just redundant, those two guys. Like, they're both number seven left-handed D, which is, like, that's fine. Like, I, I don't mean, have a huge problem with either of them, but... You need guys like that on your team. You need $1 million an eighth defenseman. But if you're going to win a Stanley Cup, don't you need uh, a real player at that position? I don't don't know. So that's a little curious. I mean, I think we mentioned, I don't see any going to finish top of the division, second in the division, top in the conference. But you just wonder, I guess, if there's – some of those little spots that, that maybe there could have been uh, a little more work done. Yeah. I, I, last year, I think there was bigger holes to be filled. Like they needed a goalie and um, uh-huh. they needed a defenseman. So they brought in Mason, which I, I was fine with that. And they brought in Kulikov for way too much money. But, uh, you know, they had some holes that were obvious that they needed to plug last free agency and they were able to do that. But this year, I, you know, the, the big hole was Stastny leaving. So I think they feel that they can plug that hole internally. And if, you know, see how it goes basically is, is the only option they got because they're going to be right up against the cap. And like I said, they can add at the deadline if they need to, but I, I, I don't feel upset by the team not doing anything or, you know, I don't think they made any bad moves. So like I tweeted out before July 1st that I just, I'd be really fine with them doing nothing at all. And, you know, just kind of staying the course. And I, I kind of figured they'd pick up some depth pieces, but, uh, and I still think they might grab, you know, the, the Matt Hendricks of this year, kind of a, not him, but you know what I mean? Like they, they picked him up. It yeah. was almost September. I think last year, just August 26th. Yeah. They might do something <laughs> like that again this year, but like, there, I always they're is that run. there always is that run right before the season two of, PTOs and stuff like that. So that, these guys that's realize problem. that they're not going to get multi-year million-dollar contracts. No play for eight hundred grand right. or whatever. So yeah, I, I'm not disappointed either. A lot of teams make a lot of 
mistakes on July 1st. Right. Uh, at, uh, the Islanders with Andrew Ladd a couple of years ago is a, is a perfect example. And well, this so, year too. Well, I mean. They didn't, that, the Jets didn't do that, so that's okay. Well, exactly. And if that's not – and this is a different discussion for another day, but if what happens in Toronto and New York or Long Island don't tell you what's wrong with the old man in NHL and the young <laughs> NHL – I mean, that's all you need to look at. They're going to be terrible. And yeah. it's too bad with, I, I like that organization. Generally, I want them to do well, but that's just an embarrassment. But that's all other. <laughs> anyway, Ryan, I think we'll cut it off there. I really appreciate your time. And I think uh, that went really well. And uh, Yeah, anytime. We'll Call me back. You got it, man. I'll talk to you soon. Cool. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody in Jets podcast land. This is uh, Brian. I'm recording live from a middle school parking lot right now. And I'm here with Matt Barlow of BarlowAnalytics.com. Hey, everybody. Uh, Matt, first off, can you give me a little background information on yourself? Like what you do, what you do when you're not doing hockey analytics stuff and all that? Uh, my, I guess my nine to five job is I'm a operations analyst is a lot of SQL, pulling data, dealing with data. I kind of got that job from doing all my hockey analytics stuff, so they kind of go hand in hand. So the same skills for both. Uh, What metrics do you focus on when you are, like, for your website? Um, I guess the main one is expected goals. I've created my own expected goals model. I'm hoping to revamp it here this offseason and add some more features to it that a lot of people like Cole Anderson had something about angle velocity. I want to throw that in, just, you know, see what everyone else is doing and try to improve it that way. I like XG a lot and that's kind of what I focus on right now. Uh, so, and you're a hurricanes fan, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, what are your thoughts on their off season so far? Uh, so far I like it. I mean, I think Dougie Hamilton's a top 10 defenseman um, to get him for two guys who are RFAs who were probably going to be more expensive than their, their play actually merited, I think was a great trade. And that's not even to mention Furland, who seems to be like a decent depth winger or Fox, who apparently is uh, a really another great defensive prospect. If we can get him to sign. I actually forgot all about Fox. Um, this year, just to hit back on the uh, the defense for the Hurricanes, how good is the uh, Hurricanes' defense? I feel like people that are more casual fans might not realize how good they actually are. Yeah, like um, for me, obviously, I'm a little biased. But, I mean, getting Hamilton, you know, re-signing TVR or Trevor Van Riemsdyk, who's a really solid third-pairing guy, you know, and then that gives you a top four of Slavin – Hamilton, Pesci, and DeHaan. Getting DeHaan in was a big move as well. Um, it's Calvin DeHaan, in case anyone doesn't know. Um, and then having, you know, Justin Falk, who mo- a lot of people would consider a first-line pairing guy, first-pairing guy. I don't know if I would anymore. He used to be. You know, having him as, you know, pretty much your third pair shows how deep 
deep the team actually is compared to a lot of teams. I'd put them, I mean, I'd put them like number two behind Nashville. I really don't see too many defensive cores uh, competing with this one this year. And that's really impressive, even when losing a young, talented guy like Hannafin, which to touch on him, there was a lot of talk with a potential trade of the Jets trying to get Hannafin. Is there st- just to bring it into the Jets now because it's a Jets podcast? Is there still potential for a move anywhere? Do you think now that Hannafin's gone? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I was look. I was looking at both rosters. I just don't see where it fits. You know, I mean, our big trade piece right now is Justin Falk on right D. Um, and you guys are kind of set at right D with Bufflin and Truba, and um, I can't remember the other guy's name, but. It seems like he, I don't think you guys would want to give up the 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 price to probably get them that other people would. I just don't see that trade right now between the two teams, unfortunately, without um, without Hannafin there. Uh, and now that we're on the Jets, how were they in the playoffs analytically? Uh, were they did I, they live up to the hype? Yeah, I mean they're a great they're a great team. I went back and looked at their stats. I mean, according to to my XG model, they were 54.4%, uh, you know, XG percentage, 53.1 Corsi at 5v5 adjusted. I mean, those are some great numbers. A lot of it looks like they just kind of ran into a hot goalie in flurry. And even if you look at the last three games of that series, they're all one-goal one games. And the last two were two. So they just kind of got snake bit and run into flurry when he was hot. Um, other than that, though, they played they played a great playoffs. They were my pick and, to win the cup before we went to the playoffs. So and that seems to be the the eye test consensus too that they ran into flurry. Who on the Jets roster do you think is probably the most underappreciated? Um, before going to, even before I went into like thinking about this, I was going to say Matthew Perot. And then even doing some research, it's still Matthew Perot. He's he's just ridiculous in terms of his stats. Like, he may not have, like, a lot of counting stats, but his other stats are just great. Like, he's a 6.91 relative teammate, uh, Corsi 4, and an 8.22 relative teammate expected goals for. Those are from Corsica. I don't calculate relative to teammate quite yet. That's a plan for the offseason. But and even if you look at like his hero charts from uh, Dominic Galamini, if that pronounces his name correctly, or uh, Evolving Wild's APM charts, he's just, you know, immensely talented on both of those. Are there any other players that maybe on the younger side or like in the prospect core that you find interesting from the Jets? Because there's players that I find underappreciated. I was wondering if you thought the same thing. Players like uh, Marco Dano. Yeah. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Okay, sorry. Um, so, I guess maybe, like, I mean, most of your young guys are already kind of broken out. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe Roslovich could have a breakout year but other than him i really don't see anyone who has the ability to to break out next year i call, i didn't get into like your prospects or anything but just looking at your current roster 
All right. And looking at that roster, barring any big additions, where do you think the Jets are going to wind up next year? Um, I mean, I still would put them challenging for top of their division. I mean, Nashville's still going to be good. Um, St. Louis added Ryan O'Reilly, but I don't that that probably puts them like third or fourth in the division. Blackhawks are probably going to be bad. Dallas, you, you just never know what's going to happen. But yeah, I still would say they're challenging with that top spot with Nashville for the division. So you you think Jets fans should still be prepared for a deep playoff run? Yeah, I mean if if Hellybuck continues his play, most definitely. And talking about Hellebuck and the other RFAs, about how much money, like value-wise, should some of these players command? Uh, I didn't look too deep, but I would say Truba's probably going to get around. I say he's going to get around. I would think four point five to five million for. I mean, they really want to keep him around long term, maybe six years. That's yeah. That's around where people are thinking. I I wouldn't be afraid to go higher because we've seen what he can do, and last year was almost sort of an off year for him analytically. Yeah, that's the only reason I went down is because his his last year wasn't near as good, and just seeing comparables like uh, like on the Canes, you know, Slavin and Pesci getting around those those that amount of money his comparables around the league um and long-term contracts that's what i've kind of i'd peg him around you know pesci slave and equivalently in talent and so i would think you'd get a comparable contract to those two which was i think slavin got five something a little over and, five. and slavin has a like a steal of a deal too there's they both have great deals yeah for what he brings that's that's a very good deal um, what are your thoughts on the Hurricanes this year? I've I've been a fan of their roster the last couple of years. I've said they should be in the playoffs the last couple of years, and I keep getting proven wrong. Is this year going to change things? Uh, there's no telling, to be honest. Uh, it could be – just depends on the goaltending, really, which has been the same question or same – yeah, same question every year for like the past six or seven years, you know, is goaltending going to be good? And it just never has, despite decent play in front of it. Um, there's a chance Mrazic could bounce back for sure. He looked good in Detroit before he went to Philly, and he's put up decent years in, um, in, in Detroit. So, All right, just one last thing. Is there anything you want to plug before we go? Um, not really. All right. Well, that was uh, Matt Barlow of BarlowAnalytics.com. Sounds like he uh, needs to go real quick. Yeah, unfortunately. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> so I'm going to hang up here and we're going to move on to the next segment of the Jet Centric Podcast. This was Brian recording from a middle school parking lot. And uh, enjoy the next segment. Thanks, guys. Okay, so I'm here with Daniel, and we're going to be talking about the Moose upcoming 
2018-19 season. Uh, Daniel here has had season tickets since the Moose came back. Daniel, is that correct? Yeah, I had the mini packs. I never had all 36 games, but like okay. last year we had 20. The year before I had 30. Okay, so you so I've been to a few few. I feel matches, like yeah. every time I'm at a moose game, you are at that moose yeah. game. Every <laughs> single time, I know where to find you, and you're you're always there. So you've been going to a lot of moose games. So you, I think, of somebody has a pretty good mind and a pretty good authority to speak about some of the stuff that you've seen there, and some of the players are looking good. Is there any um, players maybe that have? Kind of got under the radar as far as what uh, people usually talk about. We know, you know, Brendan Lemieux was there, uh, Chase DeLeo, who is now gone, gone no, longer, no longer in the system. But there's just some guys that, like, maybe maybe even just as moose players that you, they've kind of been sticking around that you see as, like, you know what, people don't give this person enough credit when they talk about our prospects or about even our moose team that, that had a very good season this last year. So who's, who's, who's someone on your radar for that? Right, okay. So I think of a guy like J.C. Lapon. Right. You know, he's been around for a while. He's probably not an NHLer, maybe like a call-up kind of guy or whatever, but he's always he's always in there. He seems like good good tenacious little player, you know, with his finishing touch. Yeah. I always like I always like when he's playing cuz the play kind of revolves around him a little bit, which is obviously good to see in a in a hockey player, right? You want the you want to be where the puck is. Right. <laughs> and uh I think so we got JC the Pond there and Obviously, the main guys like, like uh, Brendan Lemieux. I mean, he's not really that great in my eyes. Yeah. So that's an interesting one, Brendan Lemieux. You've seen him play a lot more than probably everyone else that is super high on him. Um, I am not high on him, as you you well know, and probably mm-hmm. anyone who knows me knows that I have my reasons. What is it about his game that that is like? There's obviously some good stuff there. He's you know he's got some great skills and some points, yeah. but where, where's his game excelling and where do you see it sort of not or being more problematic? That's actually going to hold him back. And well, his, the first thing right off the bat, I'll say is his discipline is just awful. Like right. He's so hot headed that it, it hurt them. It hurts even the moose a lot. And you can't do that in the NHL. Like you'll be right. such at a disadvantage, like every penalty or every PK, they have a chance to score in any league, any time. Yeah. So that's that's the first thing, just dumb penalties, like whether it's an unsportsmanlike or a roughing, like at post whistle kind of things, right. which is just stupid in the game today at all, like fighting, whatever, all that crap. Right. That's a whole. That's some, but he's he's also just not his hockey IQ is lacking. Right. Right. He has a great shot. He's very fast skater. He actually won the Jets' fastest skater he this season, fastest, I believe, yeah. which which is which is something, which is a thing. So. Yeah. And I mean, he is like, it's good to have that kind of edge to playing hockey. I mean, right. but he just goes over the line way, way over the line, way too often. Right. So what, what a lot of people value in him when they talk about him is the fact that he does have, you know, grit, grit. that edge and stuff. Right. And you're saying that would, it, even if that's true, he hasn't dialed that into, uh, use that in a way that's very productive. Yeah, like I'm sure sometimes he's gotten in fights and people have got like, you know, excited about the fights and maybe they come and score after that. But generally, you know, teams that win fights, um, it uh, doesn't really change the outcome of games. If you look, it's right. like yeah. essentially 50-50. Yeah. It's a wash as far as if you had a fight and you won the fight that you actually win the game. It's yeah. it's basically meaningless. But 
And I'm just, that's just a stat. That's not yeah. even me. Just, yeah, that's, that's just, not my opinion. That's, that's, it's true. just the way it is. It's yeah. whatever it means. And, and so I'm sure you've seen those times where he gets everybody fired up. Mm. I'm sure you've seen the time where he gets under people's skin and maybe draws penalty. Like, maybe that. Like, is, does he draw a lot of penalties? His different, like, his, I'll say, differential of what he draws and takes. Right. He still probably takes more. Then he draws. Right. He's the, he's the guy that is being drawn into. Yeah, he, yeah, that's the thing. He's right? the stat on someone else's yeah. side, right? <laughs> he's someone else's plus. Points? He's yeah. someone else's plus. Right. And a lot of 10-minute misconducts. Right. Which, not good, because yeah. you're running your forwards a little bit longer than two, right? Right. 10-minute. And there was that whole story where he allegedly left the game after getting a game misconduct. Right. Or he got, no, we got a 10-minute misconduct early on in the game, like first period. Right. And then the coach, uh, Vincent, was not going to play him. Right. So he just left. Yeah, people said, people said that they saw him walking outside of Bell MTS Center yeah, which is, while the game was on. Which is a rumor, and I I don't really hold much truth to it. It could be true, whatever, but right. he seems like the kind of guy that might actually do that. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> it seems uh, within character. Yeah, yeah, it fits his character, and there's other personal reason characteristics that I won't get too deep into on that kind of stuff but right. from a purely hockey perspective he's talented but he just can't shape it properly to fit the certain pieces of the game of his game to translate into what he would need to be a regular nhl player right and you've seen those guys come through like uh uh, Patan and yeah. Connor and Russell, they kind of come through. Connor, and so you can yeah. see what an NHLer looks He's, like playing at the AHL. And he clearly just looks like an AHLer to you. He could be a, he could be a fourth liner, I guess, in the NHL. Right. I mean, the Moose Jets have a few of those guys, like mm-hmm. even LaPon probably be more of a 14th forward right. on a team that isn't as deep as the Jets are. Right. And for the Jets have a crazy deep forward pool. Right in general, so like if you put if you ship Lapon off to some another team, he'd be like a 13th. like Arizona or something. Yeah, like he Arizona. He might be top six. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like that kind of thing. Like he'd be a good thirteenth, thirteenth kind of guy. Which which is you need those guys too, right? So right. And uh, I read today that Buddy Robinson got signed in Calgary. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, he got a two year deal out in Calgary. Yeah, and so is that uh, he? He did very well for the. the yeah, the great. Year. Yeah, he had a great year. I mean. he performed way above his career, his best career years. So right. uh, probably an anomaly. Right. But he turned it into a two-year contract. Yeah, good for him. Which is not very common for a, usually they're just one-year guys, and yeah. if they're good enough, they get another year kind of thing. So. And uh, what about Scarbosa? He played this last year. I don't know if he's coming back. I haven't heard anything on Scarbosa. It was just, again, a one-year deal. But, so. but some people, like, like they like hearing about these these yeah. guys and everything. But I find I'm not as interested in those guys because they kind of come and go. Like, who is the, the young guy that, like, basically led the Moose in points the first two years they were back, but he was on an AHL contract? He's a smaller forward. Um, uh, it's going to escape me right shoot. now. Anyhow... A lot of people kind of hear the name, they get excited about mm. him. Maybe some people, it's just like a wash because they know that he's not an NHLer. But I, if I kind of know that they're not really part of the system, I don't get too yeah too excited. Yeah, about like that. you like you like seeing them play, but you're not yeah like for, oh for he's going to be a future second liner on the Jets or yeah. something. Which and I is... and I had season tickets for the first two years of the mm-hmm. so oh, Like okay, I've yeah. gone, I went last year a couple games as well. But so I got to see a lot of these games as well. Um, 
but yeah, the the goalie situation now has changed a lot for the whole organization. Yeah. Um, the losing Phillips, I mean that that's more Moose related. Is that problematic or like what did you think of Phillips? Well, Phillips wasn't very good in the AHL last year. He was definitely below average. Right. I would say. Uh, there was his first pro year though, so that you that plays some effect into into right. everything. So I mean, you expect you don't expect the guy to post a nine thirty or something, right? Generally, so, but but I guess uh, you're not too concerned about them losing him though. No, and especially seeing that they replaced him with Brossois. Yeah, no, no, with the uh, or Burden. Burden. Yeah, <laughs> the guy that scored Burden has more goals than Phillips. So. Yeah, he must be better. Um, but like they're basically a, a wash. Those guys like bringing in Bird and getting rid of Phillips to me is kind of an even. Burden probably has more upside, which is always right. always good to see. So, so the goaltending situation at the Moose, uh, you think they'll be equal, if not better, than they were last year? They definitely mm-hmm. probably won't be better because Hutchinson and Comrie were oh, both yeah. all stars last That's, year. I forgot that Hutchinson was and Hutch, right. Hutch absolutely he won the goalie of the month two months in a row. Right. He's, he's an all star. He was an all star. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He car- he basically carried them right to where they were, especially their success in the first half up until around the all star break. Yeah, and then he got hurt, and then Comrie was hurt for a while. So then they had Phillips and Guy, like, yeah, yeah. like ATO guys that they were just bringing up, right? Whatever. And uh-huh. then that's when they started falling off. And then around the playoff time, they got a little bit better. Yeah. And then they got swept in the second round. But so even at that AHL level, you feel like there's even... Uh, we talked about like seeing the NHLers pass through as a four, as you see Rossovic, Patan, uh, Connor pass through. And you go, okay, those are NHLers. Just, they're here for a, yeah. sh- a short time. Um, with the goalies, Hutchinson was clearly an NHLer playing in the wrong league. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. he's, definitely, he's definitely an NHL backup. Yeah. Okay. That's neat because I never, I didn't get to see him. I got to see Pavlik sit on the bench a bunch, like uh, when he went down. Oh, every yeah. game that I ever went to, he was, he never played. I never yeah. saw him play for the Moose once. Yet I saw him with that hat on, you know, a bunch of times. So I never got to see what an NHL goalie looked like consistently playing mm-hmm, there and sort mm-hmm. of standing out. Um, defenseman, though, you got to watch Sammy Niku. Yeah, <laughs> I love watching him every night. That was great. Yeah, right where we sat, it was always. Uh, the attacking, we'd get the attacking zone twice or whatever, so I'd always see him on the point on the power play. Right. Twice. Oh, right in front of you, yeah, too, right? Pretty yeah. much, yep. Yeah. So that was good to watch. Uh, other guys, they didn't really have any NHL defensemen. It was more just plug-and-play Well, NHL Tucker types. Pullman played. Uh, Pullman was up and down. Yeah, he played right. about 20 or so, maybe less than 20. Did, did you get to see him play a yeah, lot Yeah, I there? saw him a few games, yeah. He, he looked definitely like he belonged in the NHL, right. right? So that's good to see. Thank you for saying that because yeah. that's my <laughs> that's your grown up son. Your belief, grown up adult son is uh, <laughs> Tucker Pullman and Nick right. Patan. Those are my boys. Yeah. But uh, okay, so that so they played well. Now, um, so you got to see them switch over from Cambridge to Vincent. Did you see a big difference in the way that they played, or did they just get like it? Because they obviously got a lot better from not making the playoffs, not making playoffs. Mm. Two years, right, and then making the playoffs and almost having, you know, at one point a, on pace for a record-setting yeah they were uh, yeah. season. Was that just like a skill influx, or is Vincent some sort of a AHL whisperer, or what, what, what was, was going on there? That was the year we'll use like this season compared to the season before because Vincent had both those years. Okay, right. So year two was Vincent's first year. They were garbage. Yes, they, they were. Just same as the first year, they were garbage. Right, and then they brought in a few vets. That's the key. Right. And they brought in Buddy Robinson and Scarbosa. Right. 
Buddy Robson scored both, and then Cam Schilling right. on defense. Career AHL guys scored both, had a little bit of NHL success, but right. basically that's that's how you win in the in the AHL. Is that balance? You of get those the vets? balance of the vets that are there. To, they don't have to really prove anything because they know they're probably not getting called up right. at this point in their career. Yeah. So they're there. They're gonna give. They're gonna play. They're gonna play. You know, play play hard. Whatever. Score a few. Know what it's like to travel the AHL. Travel schedules are ridiculous. Like, yeah. That's a that's a whole different can of worms there. Yeah. And then you got the young guys in there that are fighting for NHL or to be noticed by the NHL or by the by the Jets specifically in this case. So. Right. And that's good. And it's how you deal with losing. A guy like Jack Roslovic. Yeah, some of that high-end talent. AHL all, like, all star NHL player now. Yeah. Future star. Yeah. So how do you deal with that? Well, in the year two, which was the awful year, if they lost, their, there was nobody. You had Ryan Olsen, who's a, a goon out there, yeah. playing second-line minutes, right? That's, that's not good. But this year, they lost Roslovic, so... A guy like Scarbosa will play more. Who's actually a, like he's a top top AHL player, right? That's right. that's where they that's where they gained they invested some money. Yeah, because you got to pay those guys, what I the AHL the AHL salary, whatever. which is what one hundred fifty grand or whatever. I'm not too sure on how that works, but yeah. it's bringing in the bets that helped them this year for sure, and will continue because they they signed two players, uh, Seth Griffith, who's elite AHLer, right. And Dennis Everberg, who's also an AHLer, and they brought back Schilling. So okay, couple couple of depth. No, but organizational they, depth. But they won't have like they started the season off with uh, Patan, and, and well, they didn't start with Patan, but they had Roslevic and Patan for a big chunk of the season. They're not coming back. So and then Chase DeLeo is gone now. Mm-hmm. Like we could touch yeah. on that. So um, they don't really have a lot of that young crazy NHL talent kind of well, they got passing through now or is there or oh no that's a line uh, yeah if he Sorry. signs he still has to sign I should he... I should uh, <laughs> maybe pull it up on my phone yeah that's a line of course and then Appleton will be back I'm Appleton sure. yeah CJC as well okay he, yeah was he I think you I think you're right was he on a tryout I can't remember if he was on a tryout with it or if they actually signed well him. CJ he'll, he'll be that. playing I mean yeah he'll, if he's with the like he's he's yeah. probably has NHL he'll, potential he'll have no problem making that team yeah for sure. exactly yeah and you got a guy like Luke Green I believe yeah on defense I think uh, he's coming back. Logan Stanley yeah which would be interesting that you know and that'll be something to watch that 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 intrigues that's me his, his yeah. level though right and I guess depending what happens with the big club you know if Maurice is slow and moving with some of these things there might be Niku, <laughs> like saying like Dennis Bayak, Sammy Niku, um, <laughs> Nike, um, back with them too. I mean, there there's potential that they could have, and maybe Tucker Pullman again, depending well, on yeah. what he wants to do with that right side up in the the big club. That the Moose could be poised to be even better than they were last year. Like yeah, maybe again, yeah, all around skill at least. Uh, probably be maybe a higher average. On paper, they on paper for sure. Yeah, just the, again the goaltending. Don't even know who the like last right. last season we knew it was Comrie. Right, Comrie was never in the like he was never playing in the NHL and even going in, like going in actually going into last year because they had signed Mason as well. Mm-hmm. So we knew it was Mason Hellebuck. So they had Hutch and Comrie. Right, those are two two good, but now they don't have either of them. Right? Well, they have Comrie, yeah, but they Comrie don't... maybe if they want Brossois. It depends on that works right, out if he's going through up. camp as well. That's. And then you got Burden coming in, so yeah. yeah. See how that works out. One thing I did 
here and might actually be a good idea would actually get Bergen playing in the ECHL, get him playing every night, right? Kind of thing, and like Comrie play almost every night in the AHL, right? Makes more makes a little more sense. You want your goalies playing, right? Right, because your skaters they always play, right? If they're they're dressed, they're playing. Your goalies sitting on the bench, yeah. Your backup, yeah, halftime, yeah. You know, or like playing 30, 37 games or whatever you right. want. You want to play in as much as possible, of course. All right, so we touched on the forwards. We talked the coach, the defense. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to comment about the Moose? Uh, like, yeah, I was going to say we could talk about like the fan experience. There yeah, too. yeah. Uh, we don't need to get into any no, of that yeah. stuff. <laughs> but uh, the players, the future, this next season, are you pretty excited about it? You're going to have less games this year. Yeah, though. we cut back our games for other reasons yeah. not related to anything sports-related. but uh, Well, pretty much because you spend like a, a lot fortune, of fortune. Yeah. And that's just not wise money no, decisions. No, no, not at this, yeah. Um, not ever anyway, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we got our 11, we'll have 11 games, I guess it will be, but so I look, I look forward to going every, like when we were going, like when I had the 30 plus I had 10 jets, I was there some weeks I was there every night, right. like <laughs> freaking Sunday to Sunday, just going, right. going strong, but yeah, we'll look, look forward to going and checking them out. I mean, I expect them to be a playoff, at least contending for the playoffs. Right. They should definitely be in the playoffs. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be. I mean, the forwards are great. The defense should yeah. be good. I mean, depend, like it depends how it all pans out after training camp yeah. as well. So uh, two, two more players. I'll just kind of, uh, cause as we, uh, I'm sure some, somebody's probably screaming at the their earbuds <laughs> right now, but uh, we didn't talk about spot check or Harkins. Um, what did you see from those guys? Are they going to be NHLers or, or what's your feeling on those two? Spot. I really like spot check. He's got a he's got a good one timer, good shot. Right. So he's great on the power play. They they run the same system as the Jets, so he'd be in the line A spot. Right. Just firing them, just as just not not as good, but yeah. It looked like line A playing in the AHL, right? Like the same kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks pretty good when Patan gives it to you uh, through the legs. Yeah, pass. through the legs <laughs> on a saucer right across there. It looks yeah. great. <laughs> so <laughs> he looks. He's pretty good. Spot check. I mean, hope he can. Hope he could crack the NHL lineup one day. Again, as probably more of a depth guy. Right. Because he is getting a little bit older already, so you kind of lose that. Your chances start to diminish as you get yeah. as you get older playing longer in the NHL. Well, I, I think that just before you touch on Harkins there, um, even with Chase DeLeo, like I would have, last year was probably his year to make it because at some point you, instead of being a prospect, you know, by the time you're 22, 23 years old, you're an AHL veteran. Yeah, right. Exactly. And I mean, that's a different kettle of fish when people view you as an AHL veteran versus a NHL prospect regular, or, or a an prospect, NHL's yeah. prospect, right? Yeah. You cross that line, you know, some of these guys when they're 22 years old, 23 yeah. years old, right? Yeah. Depending on when they, they, they come up. And so that's a dangerous spot to be in. And it feels like uh, Chase DeLeo kind of crossed that threshold for the Jets. And uh, some of these other guys that might be, the same thing that happens to to them too, like JC Lapon is probably He's crossing probably, that line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, but Spotcheck he hasn't crossed that line quite yet. No, because this last year was his first full season, right? So probably one more full season and see where he's at kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, then they'll That's they'll probably have an idea of where he might what they have. They'll know what they have slung. by then. Yeah. Okay, and then last we'll just touch on Harkins and then we'll kind of stop there about the moose. Harkins, yeah. Like I like Harkins. I mean, he's good good player. Obviously, he's a professional right. professional hockey player. But uh, he was injured too last year, so you kind of lose some some judgment when the guy's injured. You can't see him play, right? So, right. 
Uh, did, he miss, did he miss quite a bit this season? He missed a, f- a good chunk. I think okay. he had a broken jaw. If I might be getting him and another guy mixed up. Right. Scarpos had a face thing too. Anyways, yeah. So he had a f- an injury that kept him out for a significant stretch. So right. hard to judge a guy by then. But I mean, what I have seen is good, good, good player. I don't think he has the NHL. Uh, right. In his future. The NHL will, won't be calling, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of uh, stuck in. He'll be an NHL of, vet. Yeah, he'll, he'll be, be like Patrice. Chase. He'll be like Patrice Cormier. Yeah, and Scott Kosmachuk and, and Kosmachuk. Oh, I miss Kosmachuk. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> those are from the bad years. Yeah, so. those are the bad years, though. Yeah. But anyhow, well, thank you, Daniel, for talking about the moose. Is there anything else you want to say about that? Are you writing any articles for anybody? Or no, I I'm not a writer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll end it there. Thanks for your input on the Manitoba Moose this yeah. next season. Hey everyone, Daniel back here. Just adding on to uh, something we recorded prior to the Moose making these signings. Uh, they signed Peter Stojkovic, a local Winnipeg boy, to a two-year contract. He'll probably be the new captain next season. Uh, Charles David Beaudoin, Jacob Cederholm, Justin Woods, also defenseman depth signings. Uh, Jacob Cederholm, the youngest of those, being only 20. He played one game with the Moose last year, and he is very tall. Uh, the Moose also signed forwards Matt Utaski, Felix Girard, Joy Rattel. Uh, all just older depth players. They're 24, 24, and 22 years old. Matt Utaski was a former draft pick of the Winnipeg Jets, drafted in the seventh round in 2014. They also signed forward Christian Raquel. This intrigues me. He enjoys scoring. He's a very good scorer. 57 points with Red Deer last year. So he's got that scoring touch that any team could use. And The Moose also signed goaltender Ken Appleby, a 23-year-old goaltender. He has played some time with the New Jersey Devils and in their organization. He appeared in a bunch of games in the AHL last year along with three NHL games. He's definitely just a depth goalie signing, just help out with injuries, you know, as we know, the Jets have, as of today, only one goaltender under an actual contract. That is Laurent Brossois. So that should help them out in that regards, injuries and whatnot. And they need ECHL players as well. Uh, just uh, touching on Justin Woods, the defenseman I mentioned earlier. He is actually recovering or has recovered from cancer. He had some cancer in his knee. It was a um, some kind of cyst or something. I forget exactly what it was called, but... That has delayed his uh, career a little bit. He's 24. They had invited him in 2014-15 to their camp, and he got diagnosed with cancer prior, so he missed it. And now they're still looking at him. He's uh, played in U-Alaska the last few years. He seems to be a pretty good prospect. You know, maybe an older guy that'll curve a little bit later, and he'll be able to fit, fit right in on the moose in depth. They always need defensemen, so that's big help. Well, that's it for episode three. Hopefully you enjoyed it and made it to the end. Uh, if you want to reach us, jetcentric at gmail.com. On Twitter, at uh, jetcentric, you can send us a message. You can DM us. Also, if you're using the Anchor app, you can actually leave us a voice message. And that's what Daniel did as part of his uh, moose takes there at the end of this episode. Um, this episode was actually supposed to contain another interview, but it went pretty long. Uh, Roddy was originally going to do an interview with uh, Harrison from Baltimore, who's a uh, contributor contributor with arctic ice hockey um roddy wasn't feeling well so i did the interview and it went really long 
So we're going to edit it to be a little bit shorter and include it on a future episode. Um, if you have any comments or takes or ideas or people that you'd like to hear on, please send us your input. We would love to hear it and hopefully you enjoyed it. Thanks. Bye.